from 99.9 The Fan. This is The Drive with Tim Donnelly. Sponsored by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. Did, did the Canes make another trade? <gasps> what? 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 I mean, don't tease the people. No, they got to sit through the whole daily checkdown to find out. Actually, who am I kidding? You just pull up your phone and find out. Now, according to Pierre Lebrun, uh, he's hearing that the Hurricanes are acquiring, I can't pronounce his last name. Shane Gossesbear. Shane Gossesbear. I know who he is, but don't act like I can pronounce some last names sometimes. I will struggle. We'll just call him Ghost. So, uh, Shane Ghost, uh, defenseman, as Luke, Luke DeCock of the News and Observer pointed out, could the Canes have acquired the rental we've been begging them to get because he's got $4.5 million left on a contract, an expiring contract. And it is one thing that the Carolina Hurricanes have openly talked about, something that we've focused on more depth at defense. So it looks like that's satisfying a need. This trade deadline has been very, very Canes, so to speak. They're not going to wow you. They're going to add some pieces that are, in the case of Jesse Pugliarvi, a Finn or a Swedish-born Finnish player, uh, somebody they can look at as a market inefficiency, almost Kokenyemi it, if you will, and then now adding some depth on defense for a Stanley Cup run. And that's where the Canes are going to get you. They're going to get you on depth, theoretically. Let's give the daily check down. Let's get it. Former Georgia star Jalen Carter, who is one of the top prospects for the NFL draft, has been charged with reckless driving and racing in connection with a crash that killed a teammate and a recruiting staff member. The athens Clark County, Georgia Police Department issued an arrest warrant obtained by the Associated Press today, which alleges that Carter was racing his Jeep Trackhawk against the Ford Expedition that was driven by Chandler LaCroix in the January 15th wreck. The announcement comes after hours after the Atlanta Journal-Constitution reported that Carter was present at the scene of the crash and later provided differing accounts of the wreck to police. Devin Willock was an offensive lineman for the Bulldogs and LaCroix were killed in the crash, which the police had initially reported as being a single vehicle accident. Carter still alive, was wearing his seatbelt. I know Willock and LaCroix were not. So wear your seatbelts, please. And can we stop racing? Please. It's not a good idea. Please. Yeah. Next up. One of the four, all of the four, or half of the four. So... The NFLPA has grades for teams. Interesting. It actually confirms what we've long thought about some organizations. A lot of them, like the Washington football team, the Cincinnati Bengals, the Jacksonville Jaguars, even to a certain extent the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, have always been viewed as cheap, not one of the best organizations to play for. And this NFLPA grade that was done by the union, 1,300 players, confirms that. Cincinnati Bengals get like D's and F's across the board, including things like treatment of families, facilities, everything else. Cincinnati Bengals in the same boat. Washington football team in the same boat. 
The Carolina Panthers, kind of in the middle. Uh, decent grades for things like treatment of families and facilities and everything else. The only thing they got a bad grade on was nutrition, nutrition. which I really want to know <laughs> what that means exactly. Food didn't taste good. I want to know Aaron Rodgers' grade. Like, I'm sorry, but Green Bay did not have a dark room retreat for me. That is unacceptable. I give you an F. Next up. One, two, three. Get yourself to Charlotte tonight, Joe. You can catch the debut with the Phoenix Suns of Kevin Durant. Superstar, after being traded from Brooklyn to the Suns, will play for his first game for the uh, Suns tonight. Suns with a 33-29 and 29 record, taking on the Lamello-less, Lamello Ball-less Hornets. The Hornets have won five in a row, though. I don't know if you yeah, know this or not. People, they're, like, like Lamello, they're actively tanking and yet winning Lamello's at the same time. Done. Lamello's done, and everybody's like, all right, well, Victor Wembanyama, here we come. Right? And no, they're winning now. No. <laughs> just weird. Uh, Durant hasn't played since January 8th. Mm-hmm. So, a bit of a break there, but heck, if you're in Charlotte tonight, why not? Next up. And I don't even care who number two is. Yeah, speaking of speaking of Charlotte, the Carolina Panthers still have about a month and a half to go before they make a draft pick, but we're going to talk about the damn draft every day, and we're going to try to see if the Panthers will give away their game in any number of press availabilities. So Scott Fitterer, the general manager, was on with Adam Gold earlier today. If you missed that full conversation, you can check it out on Adam's Best of Podcast. And the the main question comes to quarterback, right? And Adam asked him the best way, Scott Fitterer, the best way to select a QB because they do have options this offseason. Is the best way through the draft for you or is the best way maybe finding somebody in free agency who can play, the right guy in free agency? Yeah, I think just a rule of thumb, the right way is always through the draft. You always want to draft and develop and have someone there over a period of time, whether it's two contracts, whatever it may be, and they're yours, and it's cost-efficient. There's a lot of smart things that go along with drafting one. But sometimes you can't get in a position to get the guy you want, or you just can't get up there high enough to get them, and they're gone by the time, you know, your, it's your pick. So uh, sometimes you have to balance that by adding in a veteran, uh, maybe a stopgap at the time. But, uh, you know, the, the right way is through the draft. The right way is through the draft because, you know, the draft is a 100% hit rate on the quarterback. Like, come on, y'all. I'm not saying you don't draft QBs. I, I get that part. And the way that rookie contracts have changed the economics of the NFL you, yes, I get where that thought process is coming from. However, none of where they pick right now at ninth doesn't really guarantee one of these quarterbacks being there when they select. That's the issue. So I would rather the Carolina Panthers draft at a position of need and then acquire a quarterback through free agency. And this is where Derek Carr comes into play. Joe, here is Frank Reich, head coach of the Carolina Panthers, talking about Derek Carr. They had a conversation this week. Apparently, according to multiple multiple reports, Derek Carr and the Panthers are going to talk again on Monday. But here's Frank Reich on Derek Carr. Derek is, is, is an excellent leader. Um, he's, a great, he's an excellent passer. He's very accomplished. Um, 
you know, you look at the fit, you know, how does it fit with our team in our locker room? Um, you know, it, it, it checks a lot. He checks a lot of boxes that you're looking for in a quarterback. There's no question. And that's why he is where he's in. He is at this point in his career. And, uh, you know, the, the opportunity, it's a unique opportunity to talk to someone of that caliber as a player and as a person. So we didn't take that for granted. All right. So I don't know about you, Joe, but that sounds like Frank Reich really likes what Derek Carr can bring to the table, right? That sounded positive, yes. Oh, oh, okay. Encouraging. So here's Frank Reich talking about how the quarterback position is based more than just 2023. Whatever decision we make is, you know, what what is best, not just for this year, but, you know, you're looking on the horizon. You know, obviously, if you draft a guy, you're looking on a very long-term horizon. If you get, if you go free agent, if we go Derek Carr, I mean, the nice thing with Derek is, you know, he's going to be 32 years old, so... You know, it's kind of prime quarterback years. Okay, um, st- stop so it. Stop still, it right there. Uh, stop it right there. Derek Carr, <laughs> prime quarterback years. What am I missing? What am I missing? It's like, I, I get that this is a lot more nuanced than I'm trying to make it out to be, but what do what is the cliche about what the NFL stands for? Not for long. Why did we all make fun of Matt Rule when he talked about the Jay-Z seven-year plan? I was say, because you thought there was a seven-year plan slash window. No. No. No, it takes seven years to become an overnight sensation. Now, I, I get the joke. I get what he's saying, because Jay-Z has told that story, but you don't get seven years in the NFL, all right? <laughs> so this idea that, oh, yeah, we got to draft a quarterback and you're looking on to the horizon. No, you got to win now. And that's where the NFC South comes into play. You're telling me that, Adding Derek Carr and what you like about your young core at defense and adding some pieces through the draft doesn't put you in the driver's seat to win the NFC South? Is that what you're telling me? With a quarterback you yourself have said he's in his prime quarterback years. Yeah. It's really, really interesting to me how they talk about this. And here's Scott Fitterer. Again, this is the combine talking about the ideal way to get a QB, which frustrates me in an ideal world you always want to draft the quarterback draft develop and then have that guy here for five ten years you want to have that consistency it helps for many different reasons you know the continuity on your roster for for salary cap reasons there's so many benefits to drafting and developing that is the right route to go um We'll see if we can get in a position where we get one of the guys we like. You know, is there a guy there in the second round? Is it, can we get up in the first round? Those are all the things we're exploring right now. But yes, you're right. Uh, I don't think it's wrong to necessarily look at the uh, veteran route if you can't do that. But um, in an ideal world, you do want to draft. Again, ideal world situations. And it's this kind of general attitude that goes back to Matt Rule. We'll just go find ourselves a Patrick Mahomes. Oh, that's all it takes? In fairness. Fitterer was in Seattle. Yeah. He was an assistant, but when they drafted Russell Wilson in the third round, mm-hmm. that gave them the cap flex- flexibility to keep their defense together, win the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. play for another. So I understand where he's coming I from when too. he says ideal world. Also, we probably should give these guys some slack. The combine, you're talking, you're just talking and talking and talking and talking. So every subject, when we stack look, them next to each other, can be contradictory their thoughts you're right because it's like well what do you think of Derek Carr oh he's a great leader you know you're (laughs) right you're right but that's not going to stop me from pointing out the silliness of having a lot of these conversations now and also I would point out too 
that no team is going to tell you their plan or a team's going to make you feel as though this is what our plan is going to be. We don't want you to really think we're going after Derek Carr, but maybe we are. And maybe you'll overpay for him, and that'll help us out. Or in the draft, anytime a team openly talks about their draft plans, I don't believe them because they're trying to create a market for themselves where they're trying to get some other team to think, oh, man, well, if they're thinking this and that's on our plans, well, maybe we need to move up. Mm. You know, all that kind of stuff. There's all sorts of gamesmanship that takes place between now and the actual draft, which is in April. And we got a minute. We got a month and a half to go. It just turned March 1st. Next up. NC State, Duke, last night, the Blue Devils wrapped up the season unblemished at home. But I wasn't that turned off by NC State's performance. We'll explain next. Did you know that your unused medications could end up in the wrong hands? It's important to keep your medication secure in a locked location, such as a locking box or locking cabinet. When it's time to dispose of them, safety and properly dispose of old, expired, or unused meds by using an at-home disposal product or a medication disposal box in your community. Don't miss out on medication take-back events happening near you. Don't let anyone take what's yours. Lock your meds. Be aware. Don't share. Learn more at lockyourmeds.org nc. It was an intense night at Cameron. Uh, I know Luke DeCock wrote about this after the Duke Carolina game at Cameron Indoor, but I've I've felt the same way uh, throughout the entire season. Cameron's been a good place to watch basketball games this year. The gawking of Coach K's final season out the window. For a while there, I would say the last five years or so, it was about Cameron's reputation checking it off a box, seeing Coach K, all that kind of stuff. You kind of get the, oh, Tony Romo's in the building, and here's Obama, and all that other kind of stuff. I haven't really seen that this season at Cameron Door Stadium. And even the student section, last night for the NC State game, last home game, thin, thin behind where I was sitting. I've, you know, I've seen it way more packed uh, for games at Cameron Indoor, and that's been more of the norm this season. However... Despite the fact that some of the crowds have been thin, despite the fact that you're not getting as many celebrities, I would argue that Cameron Indoor has been a better building to watch basketball this year because the people who are there to watch Duke basketball give a damn about Duke basketball. Yeah, my first time in Cameron, uh, it's been a minute. It's been a minute, right? Um, I really wish they would have retired Cascada with K, (laughs) but that was my only quibble. Yeah. You know, the rest of it, I feel like they had a couple of new things, a couple of different things that I hadn't seen. Yeah. And I was like, oh, oh okay. Yeah. I like it. It, it. You weren't here last week when we talked to John Shire, who had had men's basketball coach. I did ask him about some of the changes of making the camera an experience his experience. Yeah. And they do some things to highlight the Duke Children's Hospital uh, and some charity endeavors. And I think they've done a good job kind of updating it so it's not just the Coach K show and Club Cameron or Coach K whatever. So, regardless, it was a good crowd last night. Probably the most state fans I've seen in that building. Yeah, there was a lot of red. In a while, yep. which I think added to the atmosphere yeah. last night. Uh, and some of that some of that bubbled over, right? You know, Terquavion Smith and Tyrese Proctor got into a much-reviewed <laughs> online incident that shouldn't have been called in any which way or form. They should have just said, play on, guys, after going to the monitor. But they gave a technical to, to, to uh, Terquavion Smith. 
And despite the fact that Terquavion was a liability for the Wolfpack last night, that Casey Morsell just couldn't hit a bucket, State did what you've come to expect out of the Wolfpack. They're going to fight. They're not going to get too down on themselves. And they made that a four-point contest late uh, with Jarkel Joyner's incredible three-point performance down the stretch. And they played defense. Yeah, they which made is it the, a one-possession game late. They made yeah. it a three. Which is why, you know, that was the one thing talking about the Wolfpack last night going into that game. It's like, I got to see something better out of them defensively, which I think they did exactly that. They were ready to get physical with the Blue Devils, and it ended up being an entertaining game. Yeah, uh, offensively, the problem for State was Joyner was 6-12 of 12 from three. Mm-hmm. The rest of the team was 2 of 16. That can't happen, and, he, and even one of those was from Smith. It was a it, it covered the point spread, but it was relatively meaningless there right before the buzzer. So, you know, uh, State needs to get more help than just Joiner. I thought Burns, while he had thirteen points, he was he had fifteen shots. So Duke's size, you know, I don't know if it necessarily prevented him from getting the shots that he want but he just seemed to be slightly off mm-hmm. and they did I thought they did a good job of du- when to double him when not to double him and then you know for for Duke I was really impressed not only with Jeremy Roach but I, and other than Proctor's antics I thought he has shown a development he has shown a growth and I tell you um I thought John ha- has done a really I know Jeff Capel is probably going to win and he deserves ACC it. coach there and there's no doubt and he about deserves that it, yeah but I don't I don't think anyone did a better job than John this year with with the injuries that he had and with you know following up quite frankly you know the greatest coach in, in the history of the game so it's not easy to do we haven't we haven't seen many coaches do it and for him to have the record that they did at home without a loss you know, it was really impressive John Shire, Duke head basketball coach, uh, some notable things. Undefeated at home. Hasn't happened at Duke since, I think, 2014. And he's the first first-year coach, rookie head coach in the ACC, to complete a regular season unblemished at home. And you, you posed a question to him last night. Yeah, because I thought of it late in the game. Well, maybe the trade Coach K made was, <laughs> I'll lose my last home game. If John never loses a home game, maybe that was the deal. Yeah, maybe that's the case. Here's here's Shara's response. He's a generous person, but I, I don't know if uh, that's the case. Yeah, he's trust me. He's he's won. You know more than anybody's ever won. I don't think he's you know sacrificed any of that. Yeah. Maybe yeah. He gave it up for Lent. Is that is that what you're saying? He's a good Catholic. Nah, that must be the case. That must be the case. Uh, here's Kevin Keats. I think you had asked him about. Um, just kind of tuning everything out. Because with the loss last night, that's two losses in a row, first time this season when they've lost back-to-back games. And I'm not I'm not saying that NC State's in danger of missing the tournament because of last night. And, and Keats even talked about it. Like, playing on the road and losing by four points and it was a one-possession game late isn't going to be the reason that it gets knocked out. However, you don't want to go to Greensboro and lose on Wednesday, right, Joe? Yeah, we saw this last year with Wake Forest. Yeah, you don't want that. You do need like bubble luck to go your way yes. as well, especially when you don't play. When you're in the position where you don't play, you do need some help. But I, I think State's resume is such that there are no Q4 losses. There's not even a Q3 right now. And their, their strength of schedule out of league, it's not. It's in the 200s. It's not this 353 like it was in 2019. It's not in the 300s like Wake Forest was last year. Do, do they have this great you know magic bullet out of the league? No, uh, but they also don't have anything that, that's weighing against them either, which, you know, on Selection Sunday, that's going to help you. Keats, regardless of how we talk about it, he's tuning it out. I don't control it. 
and I, I don't I don't think that we're on the bubble. I mean, if you uh, you know everybody I've talked to, we've been an eight nine seed. If you lose to Duke by four at Duke, and you go to the bubble, then man, we ain't got we ain't never got a chance. <laughs> Do you need to explain that to your players though, so they don't overreact no, I, to whatever they hear the next week? I think so. they're gonna be fine. We talked about that. I mean, we I don't know uh, Joe where everybody's got us listed, but if you have to apologize for losing a quad one road, a quad one win on the road. And you drop from where everybody got us predicted to on the bubble, then we got no chance. We'll, we'll never make it. So that's Kevin Keats last night uh, after the loss, and and I and I agree with him. Um, you you were asking the good questions. I had a a brain fart last night because for some reason I completely blacked out twenty twenty one, and I was thinking the last time NC State was in Greensboro was the over pit was the wood over pit, and then everything shut down. Right. So they left Greensboro having not lost. And they'll be back in Greensboro for the ACC tournament. I was like, well, you have a winning streak in Greensboro last time I checked. And then, of course, shout out to Craig Hamill, who quickly corrected me. He's like, no, that's not true. And I'm like, wait, what? Oh, this is where my ability to just, yeah, forget some yeah, of the I mean, things that happened in that pandemic season. I don't want to think about it. I think between the two of us, we've been to every ACC tournament since at least... Except that one. Oh, two or right, three. Right, right. Except, except that one. Except that one and in that's 21. The one, that's the one I was kind of like, uh, oh, yeah! Yeah, they lost to Syracuse that's, in, in Greensboro. You know, that's the year... I mean, it's, it's, we're a year removed from it, so we can... We're two years removed from it, so we can talk about it. Originally, we wanted to do the show from the parking lot. That's the right. Greensboro that's right. That's right. It's like, why don't we just set up at uh, the Natty Greens? Well, Natty Greens shut down. And well, why don't we do it from the parking lot? No, we're not going to do that. But we'll be in Greensboro next week for the ACC Yeah, we tournament. will be. We will be there. Just as we were in the tournament last year. Yeah. Like, come on, people. What? Focus. What? I think some people get confused about the our program and what we do. It's a podcast. Well, it's, yeah, <laughs> it's just a podcast. Hey, hey. How's your little YouTube channel doing? A live YouTube recording. That's right. That's right. Are you ready for the big game? At The Designery, we can help you arrange your kitchen in the perfect way to feed everyone coming over for the big game. I'm Dana Merrill, the owner of The Designery in North Raleigh. And I am True Merrill. I am the project manager. The Designery is a lovely kitchen, bath, and closet remodeling company. We do pretty much any of the utility spaces in your house. If you want to store things in your cabinets, if you want to work on things on your countertops, if you want to uh, have a floor that can get wet or muddy, we're the place to help you fix your home up. We are the Designery North Raleigh, located at 3030 Wake Forest Road in the Holly Park Plaza. We would love to see you or visit our website at thedesignery.com. We talked to EJ Raddick earlier today from the NHL Network, and I have a habit of doing this. I'll admit it. Like, I'll just make these assumptions and then I'll project these assumptions onto our guest, and then the guest tries to gently nudge me in the direction of, no, 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 Joe. That is, you shouldn't have that assumption. And so when we talked to EJ from the NHL Network, I said, yeah, like, you know, the Carolina Hurricanes, looked like they just made a move, uh, XYZ. He's like, well, I, you know, it's the trade deadline's not till Friday, Joe. I wouldn't be so sure about the Canes slowing down here. You know, they might have another one in them. This was EJ Raddick today at 3 o'clock. And sure enough, about an hour later, <laughs> the Carolina Hurricanes made a made a deal. They acquired a defenseman from the Coyotes, 
And you're going to have to work with the pronunciation here. I know Dennis like rolls off the tongue for Dennis. Yep. But it's uh Shane. Shane. Yeah, that's the easy part. <laughs> yep. Shane Gostabear? Gostaspare. Gostaspare? Gostaspare. You got any change to spare? Gostaspare. Spare. Okay. Gotsy. Uh this was from Got to be a Gotsy. Gostaspare. Gostas Bear. Yeah, but his nickname, I'm saying. Oh. Is Ghost? I think his nickname is Ghost. Could be wrong. Anyway, uh, this is from an ESPN story on his pronunciation. I've gotten varying amounts of butcherings on it. Yeah, no kidding. He's from Florida? What? Florida. Wait, what? Gostas Bear said <laughs> that his multi-syllable surname, about his multi-syllable surname, they put a Barry in there, the Ghost. It's been bad. I don't think it's that hard. Buddy, I have a last name. That I don't think is hard to pronounce. And yet, I've gotten all sorts of variations on it. Joe Gilio. Oh, the, the, the key and peel, though, of this one would be <laughs> Ghostess be here. Ghostess be here. You mean Ghostess Bear? Ghostess Bear? Go okay. Joe you, Ovies with 99.9 The Fan. Shout you, out to Amanda Land. You want to go to war? Ghostess be here? <laughs> hey, hey, Ron. Anyway, uh, he is the my favorite phrase. An offensive-minded defenseman mm. should help out on the power play. Get all that stuff. Uh, but as Luke DeCock of the News and Observer pointed out, because he and I have been kind of going back and forth about this, it's a rental. By all means, a rental. He's got, I think, $4.5 million left on his contract. They'll pick that up. I think the Canes, after the move for Jesse Pugliarvi, had, I think, $7 million in cap space left. So it's entirely possible that the Canes can make one other move to add to depth. And that's what this is about. This is, for all the hand-wringing about the Carolina Hurricanes and being active at the trade deadline, and they're missing out on the big names, you know, Timo Meyer and Bo Horvat and Patrick Kane and everything else, the Canes did a very Canes thing. You know, with the case of Pugliarvi, they went for the market inefficiency. He hasn't worked out for you, but we believe he'll work out for us. We'll put him under the guidance of Rod Brindamore and coach him up, culture him up, and he'll be fine. Put him with some Finns, a little sauna time with Sebastian Ajo, who he spent time with in juniors. And you know what? It's like a mag- magical healing place for Finns here in Raleigh. So I get, I get that move. I get that move. And some people have pointed out, and I can see it, that this is a move not necessarily for this year, which adds to forward depth, but it could also mean a move down the line, where here you are picking up a former fourth pick in the draft, and he turns out to be something on a relatively good deal for you. And then you have this on defense, which is something that they've been actively telling you they wanted to add, depth on defense. And, of course, the power play helps out because the Canes power play has been... How would you classify the Canes power play? In the playoffs? In general, really. Oh, uh, that's why the they playoffs. Went, that's why they went. I got they got Brent Burns for this very reason. In the playoffs, their power play has been completely and totally inept. Yes, and one of the primary reasons that they have not been able to win more mm-hmm. in the playoffs, mm-hmm. despite having more success in the regular season. Yeah, so we'll see how that all plays out. But with a little bit more cap space, we'll see if the Carolina Hurricanes make yet another move uh, on Friday's deadline. Should be interesting to see what Don Waddell. President and general manager of the Carolina Hurricanes has to say. This, this gets him out of the uh, cocktails and dreams ice time, so that's good. What do you mean the cocktails and dreams? Coglin. 
Uh, well, yeah, yeah, that's that hasn't worked out. <laughs> Tripping penalties and dreams. <laughs> Turnstiles and tr- Sorry, that's not nice. So His name is wrong. Coglin, though, right? I know, it's Dylan yeah. Coglin. yes. Yeah. Yes, Coglin's yeah, all that stuff. Regardless, last night, Duke, NC State, uh, the Wolfpack, and the Blue Devils, Duke closes out the season at home unbeaten. Now they close out the year at the Smith Center Saturday. That's a 6.30 tip-off. Game day is going to be here. And Corey Alexander, the Corey cast was in full effect. And Corey Alexander is already calling his shot for Saturday's matchup between the Blue Devils and the Tar Heels. When you think about these two teams, your Blue Devils, 16-0 at home. They struggled on the road. Carolina struggles on the road. Lost two games at home this season. This is senior night. It'll be the last game of North Carolina for Leaky Black. Armando Baycott will be senior night for him. Possibly could come back for a fifth-year COVID year. I think it will be the last game most likely for Caleb Love in a North Carolina uniform. I got to go with the Heels because on a Saturday in Chapel Hill. Now, no other day. You play on you know Monday through Friday, whatever it's it may be. be live. It's right. not like that. But a Saturday in Chapel Hill with the Blue Devils in there, Jay, it's going to be rocking. So that's Corey Alexander on with Keyshawn J. Will and Max earlier today. It's almost like uh, it's almost like ESPN's been listening uh, to some complaints about oh, about Corey about no about representation about the ACC. Oh, oh, I got you now. So it's, I mean, I've certainly been very, very loud about that on social media. Coaches have started to get loud about that. Now I don't expect the I don't expect ESPN to listen to me, but maybe Jeff Capel getting on a conference call and saying, "Hey, we got guys on our network saying X Y Z. We got Joe Lenardi talking about how we're trash. Oh, look at that! Corey Alexander's on Keyshawn J. Willemax talking about the game. Huh? Interesting. I picked up on that. I picked up on that. I disagree. Well, thank goodness they were talking about the Duke and Carolina game. I know. As if there right? weren't any other games. No, you're, it's a very good point. It's actually a game that needs more <laughs> attention and some more lead-up because I don't know if college also, basketball fans know what's happening on Saturday. That's a spicy take there, Corey. Yeah, I know. There's going to be a great crowd for the Duke-Carolina game. Oh, okay. you got to remember, for the national audience, you got to base it down. Pretty, man. pretty sure the sun's going to come up in the east on Speaking Saturday. Speaking of... Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.